Hey everyone, welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast show that discusses video game news, stories, and the biggest topics in the video game industry. My name is Luke Armstrong and I'm your host. Joining me as always is my co-host Adam Beagle. Adam, how's it going today? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm doing really good. Uh, exciting show planned for today. We're going to be talking about State of Play. It happened yesterday. We wanted to, we were going to do our usual kind of recording at the beginning of the week, but we decided, you know what, let's wait a couple days, watch the State of Play, because uh, maybe there'll be some juicy things to talk about. And so we're going to talk about that today, go over all the announcements, share our thoughts on the State of Play, because this one was a little different than the, the ones previous, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we'll talk about uh, what games we've been playing, more specifically, We'll give our impressions on Link's Awakening. We kind of teased that last episode that we were going to spend a chunk of time talking about it. And then, uh, yeah, just share some other things that we've been playing. And uh, Adam's had a chance to check out Apple Arcade, so he's going to give us a run through on that. Um, But yeah, that's basically what the show is this week. Before we get into all that, just a reminder that the podcast airs every Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday. Um, It's available on all major podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Just search for Games Are Fun on whatever podcast service you use and it should be on there. We're on like 11 or 12, I want to say, so chances are it should be on there. But if it's not, uh, feel free to uh, reach out to us and we'll try to get on that platform for you. If you enjoy the show and want to further your support, uh, you can now do that through donations. If you go to the link in the show notes, it'll take you over to our anchor page. And from there, you can kind of donate to the show. You can choose to do a reoccurring monthly donation, or you can just kind of donate one time. I believe there's an option is you put the donation in and then set it up so that it's just a one-time donation. And you can choose from a dollar a month, $5 a month, $10 a month. Of course, the show will continue to be free every single week, uh, but your donations would really help out the show. Adam and I do this on our own time, uh, and uh, it'd be great to be able to have some funds to kind of take the podcast to the next level, um, you know, up the production value of the show, maybe be able to, you know, purchase different games so that we can play them and let you guys know about them, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, all the donations are basically would just go back into helping produce the show. So uh, completely voluntary. You don't need to do it. But if you want to, that'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, yeah, and that's, I think that's it for housekeeping. Yep. So yeah, make sure uh, if you enjoy the show, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could just take couple of seconds uh, before you finish listening to the show to leave a review or maybe actually you'd probably listen to the whole show then review tell us what you think about it uh, reviews go a really long way on Apple podcasts uh, when you leave reviews and stuff like that it I don't know all how the algorithms work but it basically it, it helps the podcast get more noticed uh, there's so many podcasts out there and it's hard to reach as as many people as possible. So uh, one of the ways that you can help with that is just leaving a quick review. And yeah, that would be really greatly appreciated if you could do that. Um, Now let's get into talking about the show. So yeah, we just kind of last week got an announcement from Sony saying, hey, we're going to have a state of play next week. Uh, There was a tease that it was obviously going to show off some stuff about The Last of Us Part 2. And so we'll get to that when we get to it. But uh, Adam, what were your 
you, we watched the state of play. What were your initial impressions by it? So I have um, some pretty pretty spicy taste about <laughs> this whole thing. So Perfect. Get, get ready for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I didn't like it. Okay. I was not a fan. It's I I see that they're really trying to mimic what Nintendo's doing, oh, and yeah. it's just it's just not working. Um, it, it feels really uh, disingenuous to me. Um, it doesn't really uh i feel like it doesn't engage the the viewers the same way that nintendo does nintendo has a very whimsy nature about them that playstation doesn't have so i feel like they just aren't executing it well so the first couple times i thought oh it's just me being entitled gamer not getting the things that i want and you know now there are a couple couple of these state of plays in and i just don't feel like they're making steps forward yeah um and I I think there's definitely room for improvement. So I didn't love it. I, I didn't hate it. Um, you know, I love everything video games. So I like that there was still something for me to uh, be able to some sort of uh, media or, or event for me yeah. to consume about sure. video games. Yeah. So I appreciate that. But uh, overall, I wasn't a huge fan. Yeah, no, I'm basically on the same page as you. I can't believe that this is i think this is the third state of play if i'm not mistaken and they're already trying to they're changing the format of it it looked a lot different actually looked like an like the older nintendo directs um Mm -hmm. with like the carousel and everything like that like it literally looked like they just uh turned it into dark mode and put a playstation logo (laughs) in the top corner honestly yeah and i mean the thing too is their first one came out in what like april or may of this year so i mean they've had you know, only maybe two of these things to, to get feedback off of, but they've had months to implement that feedback. And I think what they did just wasn't a good step forward. Yeah, no, I agree. It's really unfortunate because when they first announced that they were doing these, I had maybe too high of expectations of, mm-hmm. you know, because we always want big announcements from whenever the, these things are put on, um, whether they're small or big. Um, but I mean... Yeah, I, I'm totally there with you. There was, I'll never complain about getting more information or announcements about games, but at the same time, it just feels like a 30-minute commercial, right, of things that some, it's just, it was just a whole whack of things that didn't really mesh together. It's like, okay, well, we want to show off The Last of Us Part Two, so let's also throw in a bunch of this other stuff as well that's kind of like, just, it just is weird, Um yeah, I didn't really care for it either. So, um, yeah, I think we're on in the same boat on that. Let's go over all the announcements that were made in it. Um, some of these we'll touch on a little bit more than others. I basically I co- copied everything that was shown off at it. Uh, the show started off with a game trailer for a game called Humanity. And this was a little bit weird and confusing way to start a show uh basically this game the best way to explain is there's just like hordes of people and they're kind of like running at each other visually it looks kind of cool um i i honestly i can't even put into words how to really explain (laughs) what i saw you just kind of have to watch it for yourself it looks like it could be some sort of puzzle game using these these people to I, I really don't really don't know to be honest. Like Yeah, I, I'm 
after watching it, I'm still not sure exactly what it is either, yeah. but I agree. Like you said, like it looks kind of cool. I mean, mm-hmm. you have all those people on the screen at once kind of doing things. And yeah. It's just, it's neat to, neat to look at. Yeah. So that game is coming 2020. I'm sure we'll probably, it will pop up, you know, closer to release date when they have more to show off. But uh, yeah, very weird way to start off the show, in my opinion. Um, and then they they got into, after showing that off, they, they brought up the, you know, the narrator and everything like that. And they ran us through the each game and stuff. And so... Uh, the first thing that we got to look at um, after humanity was I put I believe this was next yeah the a modern warfare trailer. So obviously modern warfare is coming out October twenty fifth. It's right around the corner. So there and they have a marketing deal with PlayStation. All the content for the last couple Call of Duty games have been coming first to PlayStation and stuff. So you know it, it's kind of a given that we're going with this close to Call of Duty. We're gonna get a more uh, another push. For the game, um, I will say that I was quite impressed just watching this trailer. Uh, it looked like they were focusing on showing the campaign and everything like that. We got mm-hmm. Captain Price and we got a little look into the campaign and story and everything like that. And it looks really like beautiful just while looking at everything. Of course, it's uh, doesn't it, it, Call of Duty has always done a pretty good job at keeping up uh, when it comes to like graphics and, and that kind of stuff. But I was really impressed just watching the trailer. Yeah, it looked good. Um, I, I'm not, I haven't played a Call of Duty game and so that's a lie. I played Blackout, mm-hmm. um, you know, past October, whatever, whenever that came out. But uh, campaign wise, I think probably the last Call of Duty game I played was um, maybe black ops or modern warfare 2 yeah. one of those um but this one looked really good i mean it looks like they've really upped their their chops as far as story storytelling goes yeah um and and like you said the graphics looked pretty pretty stellar yeah um, i really like the way it, it looks um you know bringing back you know familiar character that was pretty cool um yeah so yeah. I, I don't know that i'll pick it up but i i like the direction they're taking with it yeah, I I'm definitely gonna pick it up because I I, I always I I like Call of Duty. I have skipped some in the past as I've talked on the show before, but Modern Warfare is my favorite series within the franchise. Mm-hmm. So if they're yes. gonna continue that, I, I'm definitely gonna be a buyer just because of how impactful those games were previous to me. So yeah, I like it. It looks like they're a lot it looks accurate it looks realistic of what's going on in the the real world and everything like that and that's really great they're going for that grittier tone i guess we'll see when it comes to the multiplayer how much they maybe resort back to colorful skins and emotes and that kind of stuff but um i'm generally into these games for the you know really immersive campaigns so i'm i'm looking forward to it I do worry a little bit about potential controversies that it sure. might stir up just yep. because it is kind of um, kind of mimicking things that are happening in the real world. And um, I think that could, especially, you know, with, with the news recently over the summer, Trump trying to, you know, blame video games for violence yeah. and things like that. I'm sure this probably won't help um, or it'll just kind of fuel his fire maybe. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we've already had early feedback from those that have seen uh what is it like an early stage of the game where 
um, there was an act of terrorism, and I guess it got people kind of stirred up. So um, I'm sure we'll see more controversy come out of it. But yeah, um, but I mean, I know a lot of people like that that grittier style. So yeah, there there was a lot of talk about um, the implementation of white phosphorus into the game, and uh, I don't know exactly how white phosphorus works, but essentially it. It's a gas that basically burns your skin, um, from my understanding of it. Uh, and that is included in the game. It's a real thing in the real world. And some people feel maybe that's taking it a step too far. Uh, you know, Call of Duty for a long time has had the things of kill streaks being rewarded for killing, you know, several people, right? Um, so there's that kind of question around it. Um, so... Yeah, yeah, I think that there'll definitely be that kind of stuff continuing just like it has in the past. Um, but yeah, I still don't think it will affect the game in terms of sales or anything. It will, if anything, this this game will definitely continue, I think, to be the best-selling game of the year. And yeah, I guess we shall see how, how much it stirs up when it releases. Uh, next game we got, uh, I, I think it's pronounced Wadham. What town? That would be my guess. Yep. <laughs> and so this is from the creator of Katamari Damacy. Um, did you ever play the Katamari games back in the day? I have. I love Katamari. Katamari. Okay. So maybe you can... Uh, so when looking at this trailer, again, I, another game that's kind of hard to explain verbally. It's one of those games I think you just need to kind of watch and understand the art direction of the game. But it's basically a color, colorful, very colorful game, very similar art artistic direction from the Katamari games. Um, what was your impression of this game? I'm, I'm interested in it just because I, I love the Katamari games so much. Um, it looks like it's kind of a, a similar uh, style. So like in the Katamari games, you have the little ball, you roll around, you collect things. As yeah. it gets bigger, you can collect bigger things. And this kind of looks similar, except it's in the form of you're chaining people together. So sure once your chain gets to certain sizes you can start linking you know maybe bigger people to the chain or you know something like that i'm i'm still not 100 percent sure on the gameplay it's one of those things like um like humanity that we talked about earlier it's very abstract uh the the trailer didn't show off i probably a a a lot of the game or enough to be able to discern uh what the real objective is yeah exactly doing but um i i kind of i trust that team um just because Katamari has always been a good series. Sure. Yeah, I believe this game was announced previously. Like, we knew of this game. Um, I don't... Because the the way she worded it when she brought it up, she's like, here's, like, an update on this game or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so it's coming out December 2019. That's only a couple months away. And But they, they didn't give a specific date. They just said December 2019. So I don't know... If there's a chance, maybe it could get delayed, or what's going on with that. But um, yeah, it's hopefully not too much longer, and any those Katamari fans will have a new kind of IP to to play with. So next game was uh, Arise, and so I put that this was an adventure game, old man traversing through various environments. <laughs> Journey? Question mark coming soon. So. Uh, yeah, this game, I don't really have much to say on it because I know nothing about it. it I um, Basically, it's a third-person perspective adventure game. It looks very uh, 
inspired by a games like journey that's kind of the mm-hmm. the vibe i got for it yeah yeah so. I, I had the same note i'm like it's, <laughs> it's a journey like yeah exactly <laughs> <Question> mark <laughs> yeah so i i mean if you like journey i'm sure if you saw this trailer you would probably be on board by it i like these kinds of games they're just kind of easygoing uh games that i find kind of relaxing a way to de-stress and stuff like that so uh looks really interesting but don't really know too much about uh, what you'll be doing in it because it was just kind of a, a re- like a reveal trailer kind of thing, I think. So uh, Next, we got LA Noir VR Cases is out now for PlayStation VR. Of course, LA Noir VR Cases, I believe, was already available through like Oculus or HTC Vive or whatever. Um, yeah, the game was previously available. Now it's on PlayStation VR. Uh, then we got a PSVR sizzle reel uh so i'll just go through these games not gonna really talk about them me and adam don't really have much to share about them but uh gorn which is coming winter 2019 aspire one vr operative is coming september 2019 stardust odyssey which is coming winter 2019 after the fall which is coming 2020 space channel 5 vr kind of funky news flash (laughs) is coming autumn 2019 so those are some vr games i will mention uh, about so in the first state of play there was talk about wow there's a lot of vr in this presentation um some people were upset by that some people i'm assuming people with vr were kind of like oh great we got lots of vr announcements and stuff i think going forward if they're going to continue these state of plays this is a great way to kind of mention vr things if, if you have a bigger vr title like la noir vr cases give that its own trailer and then just do a quick highlight reel for those people that have vr um i would say majority of the people watching these probably don't have vr so maybe yeah don't spend too much time going over Mm -hmm. these titles especially if they're smaller titles but that's just my thoughts around that um next we got a trailer for medieval and talking about a demo that's actually available right now so uh, Many Evils coming out next month. I think it's, I don't know the specific release date. I think it's like... I think it's October. Uh, I wrote it down. Let me see. O- October 6th. Yep. Okay. October 6th. That's yeah, it. So the game launches October 6th. The demo is uh, available today. Right. Yeah. So, and then I think if you play the demo now before game release, uh, you get like an in-game item or something like that. Right. For yeah, when you get the helmet. Game. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I I know I was messaging yesterday. Are you gonna play this demo? I I'd like to. Um, it's it's kind of on my radar. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, trying things out before you buy it is always a good thing. Um, but this isn't really a game I was expecting to buy anyway. So yeah. I don't know that I'll get around to actually playing it. Yeah. Yeah. No. This this is the same with me. Uh, I was joking to Adam yesterday when we were talking about it that. I was I, I didn't even know Medieval was a game until they announced a remake coming for it. I'm like I had never even heard of this game before. Um, I joked that it was because I was just all I played back at that point in time was Spyro, <laughs> and so I didn't really care too much about else. Um, and Adam joked that you know he was too busy playing RPGs and and Final Fantasies and stuff like that to nope. probably care. <laughs> so it's like. It's probably going to speak to some people who maybe grew up with the game, but I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be a discount game, so maybe 
once it kind of goes on sale from even its its cheap starter price, I might pick it up. But yeah, I'm not yeah. like dying to go out and play medieval. So, um, Civ Civilization Six is coming to PS4 November twenty second, twenty nineteen. Of course, Civ Six uh, is available on Nintendo Switch as well as PC. Now it's being ported over to PS4, so PS4 owners will get a chance to play it. Uh, you ever were you ever into the Civilization series? Uh, back when Civ Three came out, um, I would have like me and my brother and and one of our friends. We would have little uh, Civ Three LAN parties. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And so we would spend. I mean, we'd spend entire evenings like going overnight playing playing Civilization yeah. Three. I haven't really played much of it since then, but. Um, I know my brother and my dad, like they're super into those games, but that's awesome. um, they're cool. They're a lot of fun. Yeah. I just, um, they're, they are slower paced um, and very strategic and yeah, very for sure. like, uh, there's a lot of micromanagement things that you do throughout the game. And um, I just don't have the time for yeah. that now. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, I, I'm totally in the same boat. I liked them a lot when I was younger those types of games at least um, more along the lines of like games like age of empires and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, age of empires two. I remember playing online using a LAN connection and everything. Uh, I would have go over to my friend's house who had, he had two computers. One was his dad's in the basement and the other was upstairs. And so one person would be on one downstairs and the other would be upstairs you play online together. And it just was a blast. Um, so I've never actually played a Civ game, but because they're kind of that similar, I've, I've been interested in, interested in checking it out. But again, I think it just is too big, too much time for my lifestyle. Uh, we got a Death Stranding trailer. It was showing a trailer and then it segue into a reveal for a PlayStation 4 Pro bundle. Uh, it's bundled with the game. There is a kind of yellow translucent controller that's kind of modeled after the BB kind of container I guess and then the console itself is uh, white uh, I read that it was a matte finish and it has the black handprints on the top of the console and then I believe it says Death Stranding on kind of the front and I didn't even notice I was looking at it the in the handprints are the continents of the world if you look which is kind of a cool detail the right one has like North America and South America and the left handprint kind of has the other half of the world. So I thought that was kind of interesting. The The console itself looks beautiful. It um, looks so good, yeah. Yeah. The controller, too, looks really good. Totally. I, I like them both. I like how they're kind of, like, it, it's it's not like a white controller with black, you know, handprints on it. It's modeled after something else in-game, which is really, right. really cool. I like that combination. Um yeah, it's man. I just like I I really liked it, and I was saying like I almost want to pre-order it, but <laughs> you know, with PlayStation Five, and I'm reading a lot of the comments online, uh, just looking at you know on Instagram or Facebook, and everyone's saying the same thing. It's just like PS Five is supposed to come out next year, so mm-hmm. I don't really want to drop a bunch of cash on this limited edition PS Four, right? When this is coming, but maybe for someone who has lots of money or is big, really into Kojima stuff. That, that speaks to them but uh yeah, i'm sure they'll sell plenty of them but yeah. yeah i mean with the the next generation right around the corner it just doesn't make sense yeah. to invest the money in totally. that just to you know turn around and get the the new generation next year so exactly yeah 
I mean, it, unless I win the lottery in the next month here, um, I, yeah, I'm probably going to skip it. Now, if they do release the controller separately, I'll definitely pick that up. Yeah. Um, we got a trailer for After Party. Uh, this is the game from the creators of Oxenfree. Did you ever play Oxenfree? I didn't, no. Okay. Uh, Oxenfree is actually a really solid game. I, I ended up picking it up when it, I think it was uh, Games with Gold one month, like a year or two ago. Uh, and basically, it seems like to be the same kind of writing and humor uh, that was in Oxenfree, is, and it's been translated into this game where basically you're, you're playing as two teenagers uh, or young adults or whatever, and you've been you've gone to hell and you're kind of to get out of hell you need to out party the devil or out drink the devil so it's basically a game where you just kind of go around partying in hell i think you have to out drink or uh out party certain different bosses within the world and stuff like that uh i i'm totally on board for just that idea alone um but i do if it's anything if it's anything like oxen free i i recommend probably checking it out if you like um, games with really good writing and a, a strong narrative and stuff like that. So, uh, and we don't have to wait too much longer for that because it's actually, it was announced before the state of play uh, that's coming October 29th. So we just have like about a month away for that game. Did you ever play Night in the Woods by chance? I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. So I, I did play that game and watching this latest trailer for After Party reminded me a lot of uh, Night in the Woods just from that like, you have your narrative points where you're kind of going through each day doing, you know, little little story bits. And then each one has like their own like mini game that you like each night. There's like a different mini game that you get to partake in. Right. And I, I saw like I don't really remember seeing that before, but in After Party, like they had little mini games that they they have built into this, too. Mm-hmm. So it kind of reminded me of Night in the Woods, um, but maybe like better because I didn't super I didn't really enjoy my time with Night in the Woods. I kind of bought it because uh, a lot of people really recommended it, really right. liked it. Um, I just had a really hard time relating to the characters, and it just it didn't really work for me. But um, this looks kind of like a step above and uh, more polished and maybe um, more relatable, more humor to it. So yeah. um, definitely looks interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, if well, I would say, I was going to say, if you like Tonight in the Woods, Oxenfree is very similar and it can kind of give a similar vibe. It also has that same kind of thing of where you're kind of teenagers or young adults or whatever, and you're kind of like Nine Woods, there's stuff happening um, as a subplot or whatever to what's happening with your character of like, there's weird things that are kind of unexplained that you're kind of going through and stuff. Um so yeah, I, I think it's very similar in that sense. It's if you like those kinds of games, that's probably what after parties kind of the, the audience it's probably targeting. So uh, October PlayStation Plus games were announced. Uh, we got a we usually get this like at the very like end of the month, but uh, they they included it in the the state of play. And so we got MLB The Show 19 is going to be one of your free games for October. And then The Last of Us Remastered, which is general. I'm If you haven't played Last of Us Remastered by now, I'm a little surprised considering the game has literally gone on sale for probably like 10 bucks before. Um, mm-hmm. So, but 
If you haven't, it's going to be free next month and definitely play it. There's literally no reason why you wouldn't play it at that point. Um, so yeah, I, I think a pretty solid month. I'm not really too big into to baseball, so I don't really care too much about that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And just a note for those that haven't played The Last of Us Remastered, just do what I did. I, I ended up pretty early on in the game i turned the difficulty down i put it i put it on easy yes i went into baby ass baby mode and and i played the game that way and i still had a ton of fun with it Mm -hmm. um i i think the hardest part for me is because i'm i'm really bad at stealth games and uh the last of us i felt like required a pretty decent amount of stealth to to get through um on anything higher than easy yeah so i did kick the difficulty down and it was much more playable for me. And, and really, I was just playing to get to the next story. But not that the gameplay wasn't fun by any means. I, I, I did have a lot of fun with the gameplay. But the story was just so good that um, I just wanted to get to the next bit of story. Absolutely. Like I, wanted, I, I had to see what happened next. And um, I'm not going to spoil anything, but Fall was my absolute favorite part of that game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... I agree. It's uh, I I played it the same kind of way. I would. I remember when I got it. Um, I want to say sorry. I got a Xbox at launch, and I got a PS4 a couple years after launch. And I it was one of the games that I got with it, and it was the first game I played on my PlayStation Four, having not had a PlayStation since PS2, and I literally is in probably recent memory. Well, maybe. Since then, probably Red Dead Redemption 2, but before that, this was the one game that I just put in and almost played in one sitting. I just couldn't put the controller down because you're so immersed in it and you're so grabbed by the story and the characters that um, you can't put it down. And you're just kind of, like you said, waiting for that next point in the story to see what happens. The gameplay itself is fun. I enjoyed that. But yeah, what really spoke to me is is the story. So... um, yeah, I have friends who don't even own or are, are primarily PC gamers and they don't own a PlayStation or anything like that. And they have just watched the game playthroughs online on YouTube just because they wanted to experience for themselves. And even just watching the game as a spectator uh, is fun. So, you know, if it a is, game can yeah. grab people like that, it, it's obviously quite special. You know, it's funny, too, because when I, I was I was gifted uh, a copy of the remastered yeah. edition. Uh, by my friend Justin and usually when we hang out we'll find some sort of co-op game to play but he gifted me the copy of the game and he he pretty much forced me to to just keep playing yeah um the last of us and I played through probably about three quarters of that game while he was over here watching yeah um, I made it all the way through um because it's broken down into seasons I played all the way through um the the fall portion yeah yeah and while he was over here watching and then like I sat down, I think the next day and I finished the game, but cause I just, I had to know what happened next, but yeah. Cause I kept asking him, I'm like, do you want to do something else? Like, is this like, yeah, <laughs> just be sitting here making you watch me play this game. He's like, dude, keep playing. Yeah. I'm like, all right. It works for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, I guess we'll transition into our, our, the last point in the state of play. And that was the last of us part two. And we got a release date for it. It's coming February 21st, 2020. Uh, 
unfortunately for Adam and and for myself because I'm going to be checking it out. But that's really close to Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot of buffer room there in between games. I kind of would prefer to have like at least a month for re- big releases like that. But um, I mean, I'm glad that we don't have to wait too much longer for it. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a good time because February there's not a lot coming out. But then it's just it's Last of Us Part Two, it's Final Fantasy Seven. You got Animal Crossing in there. You got Cyberpunk <laughs> coming in there, mm-hmm. and so it's like, man, that's a lot of big, big games all at once. So it's going to be hard for time management. <laughs> um, so what did you think? We got a look at the game. We got a trailer that kind of combined it, some story. Uh, of what's kind of going on with Ellie, um, as well as kind of mixtures of some gameplay in there, pre-rendered, I, I believe. But um, what did you think of the look we got at that trailer? Is so it this enough? is my spice. It's my spicy <laughs> take number two here. Okay. Um, I am one of the people in the camp that believes that this game should not exist. Um, yeah. It doesn't need to exist. Yeah. Uh, Last of Us first one ended so perfectly. It, it was the game was a masterpiece, and I love the ending on it. It didn't need any further explanation it kind of left you to kind of fill in the blank or kind of make your own conclusion of what happens next so i i don't think this game should exist but it does so i'm gonna play it and it it looks good i'm sure it's gonna be i'm sure it's gonna be fantastic but uh i really don't see a world where it's better than the first Mm -hmm. and i think that's I think that's going to be echoed in, you know, the reviews and uh, the feedback from from gamers and everything. I think there's just the shoes are way too big to be filled from that first game. And I'm sure it'll come out great, but I don't think it's going to be nearly as good as the first. And um, I'm still going to play it for sure. Yeah, um, because it's more Last of Us. But um, it it looks it it looks fantastic. The graphics are amazing. It looked beautiful. I, I love the characters, so it's you know it's good seeing the characters come back in. Yeah. Very curious to see, because um, it seems like there's maybe been some separation between Joel and Ellie from yeah. the first game. So it'd be interesting to see what happened to that that dynamic. So I'm really interested to see what's going to happen. Um, but but yeah, I just I, I still think that this game doesn't need, need to, to be happening. Yeah. No, that's fair. I, if I'm completely honest with you, I did have the same take when it was first announced. I remember, I don't know what's the the first like reveal trailer where I think it's like um, you're in the woods and then you see the like Firefly logo or whatever. Yes. Um, and it, everyone, I think it was at the Game Awards, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was at P. PSX. I don't know. It was like a couple of years ago at any rate. And I remember sitting on the couch with Megan and my first thought was like, they're making another one? Like, I didn't think that that was going to be something that happened. I was like, that's such a solid game. I thought it was just like a standalone game. This doesn't need to be a big franchise or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just a 10 out of 10 per- perfect game in my eyes. It's like my second favorite game of all time. And they announced that. And yeah, I was I was taken back as well. Now, I will say that since we've seen more about it, um, it is bringing back a lot of those, you know, feelings from the first game of just how much I enjoyed that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm getting more excited about it. Um, I don't think it's going to match the first one, like you said. I think it is going to, it, it has big shoes to fill and it won't live up 
to how good the first one was, but I'm still going to play it just like you. Uh, it's going to be a day one purchase that I'll probably take the day off to just play as much as I can with it. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I am interested in seeing where the story goes and stuff. Uh, cause who knows, maybe they, they turn the story in a way that there, there is more story to tell that I never thought for there would be, you know what I mean? Bringing a, yeah. a perspective that I never even would have thought they went, would have went. So I do like the kind of theories and speculation around, you know, Joel and if, is he there? Is he dead? Cause like that first time with that trailer with Ellie playing guitar and we see kind of Joel pop up in the doorway. Um, and it, it almost like he comes up as uh, like a ghost figure kind of type thing. And so there's been speculation that he was dead. And now in this trailer, he looks very real, but um, you know, what's going on with that, right? So I want to know a little bit about what happened. Cause I, again, I don't want to spoil the end of the last of us part one. If you haven't played it by now, I don't know what you're doing, but uh, <laughs> right. there, there is like some big moral questions around the ending and um, you're kind of left with, thinking that you're going to have that decision at the end of the game, but you don't. This is Joel's story. This is Ellis, Ellie's story. And you're just a a witness to it. And that's why it was such a perfect ending is because it was like, wow, uh, this big buildup and you expect one thing to happen and it goes a certain way, whether you like it or not, which was really interesting. So I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see where they take this, this game. Um, but yeah, I, I'll be I'll be buying it, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it lots once uh, it releases. So yeah, that'll be a good um, candidate game for having like a spoiler cast. Yeah, on totally. All right, so yeah, that was the state of play. Uh, I think we've kind of been pretty pretty transparent on what we thought of it. It, it maybe not living up to expectations. Um, yeah, I mean, it did take. I don't. I'm not. I haven't wrote them off completely yet, but I have. I have been having higher expectations for them now that they they have been able to put out a couple, um, and they're still still not what I think they should be. But you know, there. It's the same with Nintendo Directs. There, there was a lot of years where, you know, Nintendo didn't really have a lot to necessarily show off or that yeah. spoke to, you know. A wider audience besides those that niche audience that was really into Nintendo, right? So, I it's it's hard to say. Um, but at any rate, I'm glad we got some more information on some new games. So, uh, let's go into what we've been playing. So Adam has a bunch of things to to kind of go over. Um, before we talk about Link's Awakening, I actually wanted to, to spin it over to you and talk a little bit about Apple Arcade. Uh, so. Where I wanted to start was give me the run through. What is Apple Arcade? I, I'm sure people familiar with uh, maybe Apple and maybe people really into video game industry news and stuff have an idea of what Apple Arcade, but I'm sure there's a whole bunch of people that don't necessarily know the ins and outs of the service. So, uh, yeah, talk about what Apple Arcade is and then, yeah, if you want to share some of the things you've been playing and stuff like that. Yeah, so Apple Arcade is a uh, new service from Apple. It's essentially uh, Microsoft Game Pass. Think, think like that, but for indie games. And you can play it on iOS devices. So, for instance, I it's kind of bad timing on my part, but I recently switched phones. I, got, I switched from Apple to Android. 
um, the same week that this this service came out. But I still have my iPhone, yeah. so um, I just use it on Wi-Fi. I can still check out the Apple Arcade stuff, and so it's uh, you can get a month of the service for free. After that, it's five bucks a month. But there's just an absolute boatload of of games to try out, um, all indie games, but there are games from uh, you know, bigger uh, developers and publishers. Like, there's a Rayman game on there. There's a Sonic Racing game on there. Uh, Square Enix has an RPG they put on there. Uh, so it's not all, like, small developers, but uh, they are very much, like, still indie-style games. Like, sure. even the Square game feels like uh, a mobile game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, you don't have the trappings of typical mobile games in there. Like you don't have to pay for the game. There's no microtransactions. There's no uh, loot boxes and anything that I've encountered yet. Like it's all there. They're all full real games. Um, it feels a lot like what the switch has to offer. The switch has a ton of indie games on it and it, it actually feels a lot like that. So um, I've tried a, a couple games out. Sayonara, Wild Hearts, um, which I feel like would would work better with a controller. I've been using the touchscreen on it. Yeah. Uh, there is a, if you play it on that and you use the touchscreen, I highly recommend changing the uh, touch sensitivity sensitivity to high. Otherwise, you're gonna find it very hard to kind oh, really? of really uh, move around. So it's very fast paced game. Yeah. It's uh, kind of music uh, rhythm based. Um, has a really good soundtrack. Seems a lot of fun so far. I'm maybe just a, a little under halfway through. Uh, it's pretty difficult, I'd say. Uh, it does score you at the end of each level. There's a gold rank, silver rank, bronze rank. Uh, most of mine have been bronzes, but it's enough to let you progress to the next level. And it's it's very uh, very stylized. Um, I do like the style in it, the the art that they do, along with the music. Everything just comes together. It's really great. It would probably work better with a controller. Now, with the uh, the most recent update for iPhones, uh, you can pair. PS4 controllers, Xbox One wireless controllers, uh, maybe a couple others. So it is a lot easier now to be able to pair uh, wireless controllers to your devices to make yeah. some of these games a little bit easier. So I haven't done it yet, but uh, it is an option. Um, I've tried uh, Cat Quest 2, which is okay. It's just a little kind of silly cat based like you're a little cat it's like a action rpg so you kind of go around dungeons and and an overworld and just kind of defeat enemies level up get um get spells um a couple other games i, I don't remember off the top of my head but the one that i was most excited about probably the, the game that i'm most excited to talk about this week even more so than Link's awakening is called what the golf and this is just a super silly golf game but it's not golf at the same time like <laughs> yeah it's hard to explain like the objective really is to get some sort of item that that you control you use it by kind of flicking the screen or kind of pulling back and you know a little arrow pops up to show you what direction it's it's going to shoot when you're done you kind of select your range of power and then you let it fly so like the first thing you do you have a little guy standing there with his golf club you pull the thing back and instead of hitting the ball, the dude just goes flying. Like <laughs> you're actually controlling the little man. Yeah. And then you get him to touch the, uh, the little flagpole at the yeah. end of the, the course that you're on. So it's just little silly things like that. And <clears throat> it's 
Sometimes you're you're controlling an office chair. Sometimes it's a couch. Sometimes it's a, awesome. a cow. <laughs> and it's not always necessarily like golf related. They have certain points of the game where it's um, they kind of take that concept, but they make it kind of soccer ish. Sure. And, okay. Or they make it kind of bowling ish. Yeah. Or it kind of, again kind of hard to describe, but they make it sort of track and field ish. Um, I don't want to spoil too much because there is some fun little Easter eggs in there, but they even um, have sort of like little Easter eggs or levels stylized off of uh, certain video games. Oh, so that's awesome. very recognizable video games. Cool. And I thought that was really neat running into those spaces. But there was a lot of moments where I'm just sitting on the couch, I'm playing and something ridiculous, whether it's a level or something that happens in the level and it just really makes me like I'm I'm laughing out loud as I'm playing this game. <laughs> nice. My my wife Kelly is just <laughs> judging me from sure, yeah. the other side of the Cackling couch. Like, yeah. <laughs> I try to explain to her what I found so funny, and she just gives me this side eye, and it's like I guess I guess you had to play to get it. Yeah, like, I guess so. But um, I'm just having so much fun with that game. There's a ton. Uh, there's a ton to do, so you can kind of make it as easy or as hard as you want. Um, each level has three objectives to do and the first one is just very basic just kind of complete a simple objective and then you can move on to the next one but if you want to go the completionist route and do everything there is to do each course has uh two uh more challenging objectives that you can do so you you kind of go into the same course <clears throat> but it may be harder maybe you have to you know maybe there's like a par on it, like a par three or par sure. four or make a hole in one sort of thing. Um, and then other times, like there might be some sort of wacky objective that you have to complete. So there's, you can get a little bit more challenge out of it, a little bit more content out of it. If you go for everything. Right. And uh, the game recognizes that you do all that by, after you complete a certain uh, area and you do all of the challenges for that area, <clears throat> There's kind of like a little trophy room where, you know, a, a certain trophy is given that's kind of themed off of that that kind of area that you're in. Okay. And there's kind of like a kind of, kind of an overworld, I guess, where you kind of choose what course you're going to do next or which area you're going to go to next. So it's kind of like a little free roam area. I see. Okay. Um, there are, again, not to spoil too much but there are like boss fights in between areas so okay. um as you complete areas there's like a little boss fight and again nothing too challenging to it but um it's there's there's just new mechanics all the way throughout this game like no area is the same mechanics are constantly changing uh, mechanics with the boss changes and <clears throat> there's just so much to do i'm only like halfway through right now and i oh, am really? doing uh kind of the completionist route i've been doing all the all challenges the stuff, i can yeah. before i go to the next area so um if i was just going and completing the the basic course and then moving on you know i might be done with it by now because those basic ones are, are very easy mm -hmm. they're still fun uh don't get me wrong because the different mechanics they do are just a blast and um yeah uh it, it looks really really sweet uh, i remember I think it was in a Nintendo Direct previously, and I 
They got it was one of the games that I put like a little star beside kind of thing because it was mm-hmm. like this game looks has a cool art style and everything like that. It looks just like a game that's silly nonsense fun, um, and you know I love those k- kinds of games, right? It's games that you can kind of just drop in and you're it, like you said, it's so much fun that you're laughing out loud. Um, and when a game can do that, like that that's that's impressive, right? So uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and and it kind of. I mean, just overall, like, art style and kind of sound, uh, the sound direction they kind of take with it, it, it actually kind of feels like if the, the team from Katamari made a golf game, mm, like, I feel okay. like this is what they would come up with. So, I mean, it, it speaks a lot to the, you know, the, the level of care and uh, whimsy that the developer put into this game to kind of... Um, to, to kind of make that sort of comparison. Like they just did a really fantastic job. And anytime I, 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 I'm not a golfer. I don't play golf games. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to like either of those to like this game. Um, it's just really silly. You could almost consider it more of a puzzle game, uh, than an actual golf game. But, uh, any non-traditional golf game, like just really gets my attention. Like, uh, on the Nintendo Switch, they had Golf Story come out uh, a couple years ago, yeah. almost two years at this point. But um, I absolutely fell in love with that game. Again, I don't really typically play golf games. I don't play real golf. Um, but Golf Story was just a ton of fun. Like, it's just a non-traditional golf game. You know, add some uh, slight RPG mechanics to it and and just make it fun. Just make it wacky. Yeah, um, yeah. It had That game had really good humor to it. And so that's kind of what drew me to this is like, it doesn't look like real golf. Like it kind of had that sort of really uh, humorous, like not serious golf that kind of golf story had and um, two very different games still, but um, that non-traditional golf is just, I'm going to want that every <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Way better than real golf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it reminds me a little bit. There was a game called Pool Panic that I think was an Adult Swim game. Yeah. yeah and uh, I uh, picked it up like probably last year, I think. And it's it has that similar idea of like it's not just a billiards game or where you you know top down perspe- perspective you're playing pool, but it's like it's the same idea of pool of you know having your cue ball and hitting other number balls into holes, but making it silly and. Um, you know, unrealistic, a different take on it, making the the pool balls have legs and kind of walking and different, you know, kinds of pool balls, uh, hitting them different ways and stuff like that. It's that kind of idea, I guess, taking something that I wouldn't say is boring, but like, it's just something that Mm -hmm. is very uh, simplistic in in one way and totally taking the same ideas of that, but exaggerating in a kind of whimsical, silly way. So I... I love I love that. I can't wait to be able to play it myself. I almost want to, like, I don't have, I'm, I'm Android, Megan's Android, but she does have an iPad Pro. And so it makes me kind of wonder if it's worth, if Apple Arcade is kind of worth getting uh, for myself and, and being able to play it on that. I don't know if it is at this point, but um, it sounds like they have quite a few different games available to play on there. Right there now. is a lot on there. And, uh, it is going to be coming. I don't think it's on iPads just yet, oh, okay. but I know it's going to be coming in a future update. Um, and again, like that first month, like, you know, if you just want to try it out and see what you think of this service or, 
you know, even if it's just to play what the golf, you yeah. know, you get that free month and, and play through that and enjoy it. And then if you don't want to keep going with the service, you know, just cancel it before, you know, you get charged that five exactly, bucks. But yeah. sounds like they're going to have a pretty solid rollout of games. Like there's going to be constantly something new coming out. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of duds that go on there. Sure, um, shovel but there are going to be some some good uh, media options like that uh, Oceanhorn 2 is available on there right now. It's a very Zelda-like game. Yeah, I played like uh, the first one, but it was just like uh, the the free version, so it limited. I think you only had like up to the first dungeon or something like that. Gotcha. But, yeah. yeah, this is the full game, and it's... Uh, so the other one was... Uh, the, the first one was very much like, I guess, kind of like what the Link's Awakening remake kind of looks like. Like it's mm -hmm. more of that top-down perspective. Uh, this one is like a full 3D, like oh, uh, cool. camera tilting, like up, down, left, right. Um, so you can kind of get more like a full full range of view. So it's, um, think more like a. Holy crap. Yeah. Sorry. I just. Twilight Princess. I just looked at uh, gameplay or like, yeah, screenshots of it. And you're right. It's way different. It is much. Yeah. It's, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, taking it, it, you just basically made a perfect example of like uh, the more cartoony 2D Zelda games going into a complete 3D, like mm -hmm. open world kind of environment. So, yeah, wow. now I don't know how big that game sure. is. Um, playing the with the touch controls on the, the phone itself is not good. Like, that's a game where you would want, want to a controller. controller for. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it that seems like a very. Wow. Like, it would be a very fun game to play, you know, you hook a controller up to it and you have kind of like a Zelda type experience. So That's awesome. Yeah, I now that I'm looking at it, I'm really intrigued because I thought the first one was kind of cool, but I was like, OK, it's kind of like a small game. And now after seeing this, I, I get what you're saying. It's very different. Yeah, so it's a big step up. Yeah, for sure. Well, I uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how it does. I, I honestly I think it's going to do well. It's at a pretty decent price point. Like mm -hmm. you put it, you pay five five bucks a month, and even if you get one game that you think is worth five bucks a month, like what the golf is obviously worth that to you, um, you know. And then the inclusion of even other games in there. I mean, it just pays for itself. It's the same with Game Pass. If I download one game a month that's worth whatever i pay for game pass um you know i think that's money well spent so mm. yeah i it's uh i was skeptical when apple arcade was first announced but i'm i'm pleasantly surprised on on its you know soft launch here and and seeing i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what it turns into if it actually turns into something bigger uh yeah, as long as they, like, the biggest reason why I've never been into mobile games is because, yeah, they're littered with microtransactions and mm -hmm. they're... Or ads. Ads. Uh, yeah, if you want to download it for free, you got to watch ads all the time. But it, if you want to pay for it, you know, they still, those games are generally pushing you towards paying for more content. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, even games, like, the own, the mobile game I probably spent the most time in is Pokemon Go, and you can play it free, but it's a lot more fun if you put a, put some money into it and, right. and buy, you know, Pokeballs and that kind of stuff. And so if they can remove all that stuff, then, yeah, I could see myself, you know, obviously I'm, I'm going to continue to be an Android user, but um, I think that's great. I think it's a, a great direction for mobile gamers, so... 
Uh, is that all you wanted to touch on Apple Arcade? Any other points you wanted to run? Or? I I think that was that was it. Okay, cool. Um, let's kind of transition into talking about Link's Awakening, and then after that, we can kind of fill in any other games that we might be playing. Um, so Link's Awakening came out uh, just this past week. Both Adam and I have had a chance to play it. How 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 long? How far are you into the game so far? I think I am in the second to last dungeon. Oh wow! Okay, so further than me, I've unfortunately I had to. I'll talk about a game that I had to review uh, for Keen Gamer that wasn't great, unfortunately. Um, but that game was taking up a lot of my time this weekend. And so I haven't been able to play. I just finished last night the third dungeon, I think. Um, yeah, the third dungeon. So I'm making my way to keep keep on playing. But uh, what, what have you thought of it so far? It's good. Yeah. Um, I've always really liked Link's Awakening. I, I played it back on the, the Game Boy way back in the day, and uh, it, it's just a, a much more beautiful version of that game. I mean, it's it's pretty much a one-to-one like recreation, and uh, they did a fantastic job. It looks beautiful. I love the art style. I, I like um, the, the music, mm-hmm. how they kind of retooled that too, and kind of made it sound a little bit more like... Um, a lot of music sounds like it's being played on like kids instruments, yeah. you know, um, like, like recorders and stuff like that's, that's neat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, gameplay still a lot of fun. It's, it's that classic Zelda, you know, kind of linked to the past experience where, uh, you go to dungeons, you get items that are going to help you progress through. You can explore, you know, you get an item that's going to help you progress and get you through the rest of that dungeon, but then also open up more places in the overworld that you can go to and and find and you know open up more secret areas so you kind of keep getting those progression items as you as you play through the game and open up more things and um it's just they they did a really good job it's it's a lot of fun i'll still say i will fight to the death um for those that say that link's awakening is better than a link to the past um Drawing the line in the sand, it is not better than A Link to the Past. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but it's still a great game. Yeah. And um, the, this recent upgrade to it is just fantastic. My only real disappointment is that um, there is a there is some frame rate drops here and there. Uh, there's certain areas that I've found it to be worse than others okay. um, to the point where I hate going through those areas. Um, but, you know, it's... I'm sure it's something that they can patch and kind of improve the optimization on, but right now it's it can be a little a little irritating, but sure. it's not it's not a deal breaker by any means. Yeah, it's uh it's a little bit of a surprise and a little bit frustrating for a, a Nintendo first party game like that to be released and have you know some areas that are a little rough with you know frame rate issues and stuff. I, I will agree that it's nothing. Again, I you've played more than I, so I'm sure maybe down the line I could encounter it a little more. I ha, I have definitely noticed it. I noticed it right away, actually. Like within playing it, um, I, the first time I played it was in handheld mode, and just even on that small screen, I could kind of pick up when it would lag in certain areas when lots of enemies were on screen. But um, generally you kind of give it a little bit of time and then it kind of everything kind of connects and smooth smooths out um but yeah it i i myself i'm really liking it too i like i like the art style i i said on the show last week i played the dx version for which is the game boy color version i don't 
know how much, I don't think it would, it's that much different from the original. Um, I will say that I was a dumb little kid when I played that game and I'm probably <laughs> already farther in that game than I was when I was a kid. But even just playing that first, you know, couple dungeons, I'm just like, it's amazed how I've held on to some of the knowing what to do um, after all these years. It kind of just kicks in. I mean, a lot of that is that it's a Zelda game and it kind of follows that same kind of, you know, mechanics from other previous Zelda games that are kind of that 2D or two and a half um, perspective or whatever. So, yeah, I really like it too. I'm, I, I, I like that we live in a an age where we now have kind of two styles of Zelda games, right? Like we have mm-hmm. our, our Breath of the Wild, our 3D open world, big expansive Zelda games. And then we also get those, you know, portable Zelda games. They've been kind of continuing that since Link's Awakening, right? With releasing games for the Game Boy Advance uh, into the DS and 3DS and stuff like that. So now that we're in the Switch and we're kind of, our, our, the console is both handheld and you know, you can play it on the TV. I hope we continue that. We still will get, you know, Breath of the Wild 2, but maybe three or four mm-hmm. years down the road, we get another, you know, game that's similar to A Link to the Past or Link's Awakening and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, and I think they did a good job too, waiting as long as they did to remake this game because it felt very fresh to me. Yeah. Because um, it's been so long since I played um, the original Link's Awakening and. Um, they really packed a lot of content into a small, um, small area because mm-hmm. it's, it's not a big game, but they packed so much stuff into it. And uh, the one thing I will say that they maybe did better in Link's Awakening than um, than a Link to the Past is the dungeons are the the puzzles are, are a little bit tougher. Like you kind of they kind of make you think a little bit more sure, than yeah. Link to the Past dungeons. Yeah. Um, so that was. Because there were some of these, like, I'm scratching my head. I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Oh, here? same here. Yeah. <laughs> well. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely definitely makes you think. Yeah. I uh, Simple that, like, the, it does guide you. Like, you, I like that you can kind of bring up, um, I think they're, like, called memories or something like that, where you it can bring up important pieces of dialogue that you had with like the owl and Mm -hmm. some things that will point you into where you need to go next Uh, especially after you finish a dungeon you're not necessarily sure okay i kind of need to i'm assuming this is where the next area is where i need to be but i don't know the steps to get there you know like after doing the second dungeon where you have to kind of go through the process of taking getting the yoshi doll and then taking that there and and going through those steps and stuff like that um you know, it's not completely obvious, but you can figure it out once you, if you're paying attention to those things. Um, I think that's why as a kid, I probably didn't progress very far is because, <laughs> you know, you're just kind of playing the game and you're not realizing that the game's kind of guiding you. It's like when I got older and realized that the Pokemon games are pushing you in one direction the entire time. Whereas mm-hmm. a kid, I'm wandering around trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I've been having a blast with it. I can't wait to just continue to play it. Um, do you think there's been kind of a topic of conversation around Link's Awakening around its price point and it being a $60 game for a remake? Do you think the $60 price is justified for what you're getting? Uh, that's, that's a tough question. Because, yeah. I mean, on the one hand, you are getting a very great experience. It's such a fun game. 
<clears throat> you'll get you know plenty of plenty of time out of it and uh and the thing is is a lot of people use time to try and justify price but i mean there's a lot of newer games that come out that you know the you know you might be able to beat in six to eight hours mm-hmm. like that's the length of the story and um but people don't seem to argue that that's worth sixty dollars you know what i mean yeah totally um, so it, it maybe not necessarily based on like the amount of time that you get which is still decent like i mean i know i've i'm probably in that six to eight hour range now yeah and still not quite done with it and there's still more i mm-hmm. could probably end up doing but um i mean with it being a remake of of a game from a while ago and you know again on the game boy it was a fairly small game Mm -hmm. like i don't know i i don't like that it's a 60 dollar game i feel like it's definitely getting the the nintendo tax on it yeah um you know if it was maybe like 40 dollars that would be you know a little bit easier to to consume that price on it like 60 does feel high to sure okay Um, yeah it probably should be lower but i mean you're still getting a great game out of it so yeah, I was, I was interested on your take on that because my, my take is, well, I I was comparing them like, okay, well, let's think of other remakes that, because like this is a basically, you, it's the same game, but it looks, it's basically built from the ground up, right? Of it looks completely different. Everything is different in that respect. And I was thinking about, you know, like Spyro or Crash Bandicoot games that also have been totally, you know, have the skeleton of the the old games but they've been kind of they look brand new uh and match today's you know graphics and everything and though even those games um we had discounted prices when they first released Mm -hmm. if i'm not mistaken uh ctr uh the crash bandicoot insane trilogy uh the reignited trilogy spyro those are all games that i think launched less than what they were so i yeah, it's it's uh, what it kind of upsets me is the fact that I know that um, this game will continue to be sixty dollars or full price a year mm-hmm. from now, right? Like if it's launching at that, okay, but let's maybe have a price drop later on. I don't know. It's, it's really hard to say. Sixty dollars is different to everybody. You know, when some people are buying a sixty dollar game, they want their Persona Five, right? Where it's, uh, it's hundreds of hours worth of content, mm-hmm. and that's you know, that experience, whereas other people are fine spending 60 bucks on a seven to eight hour game, right? It's, it's hard to say. I'm, yeah, I would, I would appreciate it being a little cheaper because I don't think, I haven't been able to explore that like dungeon creator thing from my understanding mm. of what I've heard of it. It's a little lackluster. There's, it's not really, it, you can't even compare it to Super Mario Maker. It's like a very, very scaled down version of that. Yeah. Um, Someone made a, uh, I, I think it was on a podcast I was listening to, where someone called it more of a Zelda arranger than a Zelda maker. Sure. Because um, you're basically using existing pieces, uh, rooms yeah. and tile sets from the dungeons and then just kind of arranging them and maybe have some some level of kind of tweaking that you can do to them. But mm-hmm. it's not like a, it's not like a true, like, make your own dungeon. Yeah, it's, yeah. You're just kind of arranging pieces pieces that are already assembled exactly yeah so it would be cool if we kind of um i was listening to kind of funny games cast and they were talking a bit about it and they were 
so I can't remember who it was, but somebody mentioned, you know, the comparison of some of the games like Four Swords um, and the, that local multiplayer aspect of it. It would be cool if this game kind of had maybe something like that of like, so that Megan could, you know, pick up a controller, jump in with me and do kind of things. But then again, you would probably have to, you know, change the game up a bit because obviously a lot of it, especially the dungeons are very systematic and you do one thing and then the next thing. And if you had two people involved, how would that work? But, um, I, I, yeah, for that 60, it would have just been cool of like having rather than just an overhaul of remaking what this game looks like, adding more features into it that, uh, we never would have got with the first one. So yeah. Uh, in conclusion, I really like it. I can't wait to continue playing it. Um, I wouldn't say that it's the best game I've played yet so far this year, um, but it, it's up there. I'm having a really fun time. It's it's a game that's grabbing me where I can play it, and I don't want. I'm not getting distracted. I don't want to put it down and go do something else. Like I I am having fun playing it. I'm probably gonna play it right after we're done recording today. So <laughs> yeah, um, I'd say it's a it's a pretty pretty solid game yeah mm -hmm, for sure um do you have any other games you wanted to talk about it's completely up to you on how we're 68 minutes in if you want to mention some other games you've been playing go for it but no pressure if there isn't any sure um i'll just mention and maybe i can talk about them a, a little bit more uh next week after i've had some more time with them but um today was the launch of mario kart tour so i've been playing a little bit of that um seems pretty decent um the controls are a little wonky but mm -hmm. you know maybe after a little bit of getting used to i will say that i've i i don't know if you're racing against other people or if you're racing against their avatars i'm not 100 percent sure because i've come in first place on every race i've sure. done <laughs> yeah and i feel like that shouldn't be the case if i was racing against other human players yeah. but um so yeah, I mean, I've I've done maybe like four or five races. I came in first on each one. So interesting. Um, well, maybe you're just fun. that good. <laughs> What's that? I said maybe you're just that good. You're uh, just... I don't know about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, if if you put me on uh, online mode in Mario Party <laughs> yeah, Deluxe, I would it's a different worse, story. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm not I'm not so sure, but um, it's it's fun. There is definitely some mobile game mechanics there like your sort of loot box style thing like even when you start like you you sort of open a box to determine what character you start with like you can't mm -hmm. even really choose your driver um, oh really interesting yeah you have to you have to kind of go through the game's kind of uh systems yeah. and and currencies to unlock more drivers and more carts um things like that so and each character kind of has their own unique item that they have a chance of getting from the, the, the boxes as you race through. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of cool having that come back. I think it's, I think that's been out of the Mario Kart series since like maybe double dash. I want to say, mm. um, where there was unique items that you could get from the boxes, depending on which driver you had. So I thought that was really cool. That is cool. Um, there was a brand new track, which is the first one they let you let you play. Um, the other ones, I think, were all re like were tracks from previous, from previous games. Yeah, I see. Okay. So it's just kind of redoing the yeah. same old tracks. So it'll be interesting to see how frequently we get more tracks. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty solid. Like it feels like Mario Kart. It's 
pretty pretty fun time. It's just I wish um, it, you could pick a little bit more of like what you want to play as sure. instead of going through like the mobile the the traditional mobile yeah. roadblocks exactly so. yeah it's uh I, I do like that nintendo is releasing these kind of mobile experiences that they're kind of like they're not it's not like to the level of we've ported mario kart directly it's the same kind of idea and everything it's it's like they're tailoring it to still kind of be a mobile game mm-hmm. what game that you can kind of just pull out your phone when you're you know trying to kill some time and stuff like that like even the previous games like Dr. Mario and stuff, I um, I think they're good mobile games like compared to what's out there. Uh, but again, if you're looking for more than that, you're, you're probably going to want to just, you know, play the real thing on the Nintendo Switch or something like that, mm-hmm. right? So, And the nice thing too is just off the little time I had with it, because I'm sure a lot of people had the thought of, well, if they're doing this, then I guess that means we're not getting a Mario Kart 9. Mm-hmm. But seeing as how... Um, a lot of the content that they have is pulled from other games. Um, I'd say it's entirely possible that, you know, they have this out there for the mobile community, but I think there's still a real chance that Mario Kart 9 is, you know, being worked on, you know, with all the fresh new content and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say it's entirely possible that this is just kind of, I mean, think think about how like uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, like that was just kind of like a tide over until... Uh, the new Animal Crossing comes out. So I think this is kind of the same thing here. Like if anyone was worried that there'd be no Mario Kart 9 because of this, um, I, I, yeah. and I, I admit I even had that thought at one point, but after playing it, I think that they're still going to bring out new console Mario Karts. Gotcha. Okay. That's good to know. It's it's hard to think think down that line, especially with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe being such a great game. Like having, like it's like, how do you, expand on that um with with you know without it like because you can't you have to kind of expand on it because people expect that when there's ever there's a sequel or a new addition into a franchise um but when the previous entry has so much going for it, it's like how do you top it if you don't put anything in it then people are going to complain but what do you put in it to make it bigger and better mm-hmm. so yeah i i love mario kart always have um so I have it installed. I can't wait to check it out myself. And then the um, the other game I've been playing, I just started. I'm only a couple minutes into it. Is uh, Untitled Goose Game? Nice. And <laughs> I I got it because when I I didn't look at any of the reviews or, yeah. or anything like that, but I did hear one description on it, and I forget who it was. It, it sounds like a Brian Altano thing where. The description I heard was, you're just a goose being a dick to, to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And much. I'm like, that sounds like fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I got it. I tried it out. It is it is that, but it's a little bit different than what I thought. Like, there are objectives that they, they want you to do as the goose. Mm-hmm. So, um, and sort of some, some challenges that prevent you from doing some of those objectives. And so it'll be interesting to see how it how it pans out i was just kind of hoping for something sort of chill where i do literally just go around making people's days miserable yeah yeah um rather than because some of the objectives so far have been kind of kind of tough and that's just in the first like level sure yeah um it'll be interesting to see how difficult it ends up getting um or if it's just kind of like that's just sort of the difficulty throughout like it's that same difficulty just in different 
you know areas and annoying other people yeah so. yeah yeah I, i'll have more to talk about i'm sure on that next that, once you have some more time with it yeah i uh, i'll probably because it's cheap i'll probably pick it up as well i've yeah sorry go ahead one of the deciding factors on it was uh, i think it's 25 percent off right now oh, okay perfect um, so that little Just bit crazy. of a sale i'm like <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess because it's something I want to get. It's like I may as well get it while it's on sale. Yeah, it's funny. There was lots of jokes on the Internet that uh, because it released the same day that Link's Awakening. So there was lots of people being like, I don't know what you guys are all what game you guys are all excited for. But this is the game I've been waiting for. Um, Joking that it's like game of the year and everything like that. Um, It sounds like a very short experience from what I've heard of people playing it. Uh, Okay they've gone through stuff but you can go back and do things different ways and stuff like that that there's kind of some after credits have rolled you can i think i think that's what i heard around it but again it's a pretty inexpensive game so uh i'm not gonna (laughs) expect like a you know a big long act game that's several hours long right just something to drop in i I, lo- I think the, the title of it's hilarious that they just mm-hmm. like, you know, it kind of started off maybe as a joke, but then they're like, this is really funny. Let's continue the joke and just that will be the name of the game. So, um, yeah, I'm going to check it out for myself probably this week and uh, hopefully talk about it next week as well. Um, uh, before we wrap up the show and get to the question of the week, I did want to mention one game that I was playing. Uh, again, don't want to spend too much time on it because of, unfortunately my experience with negative negative i did want to talk about it i planned on talking about it um it sounds weird talking about things that weren't fun but i feel like sometimes it's okay to kind of talk about you think you know negatives rather than trying to be positive all the time um so there's a game called paper dolls original i got a code supplied by uh the publisher of the game for review purposes for keengamer.com you can read my full review on that uh up on the website but basically this game is a first person horror game that relies on the hide and seek kind of gameplay loop Uh, there's no combat in it you basically have to hide from enemies when you encounter them i really like games like that uh some the best one in my opinion that kind of does that is the outlast series um it's no surprising when i'm a big horror uh, video game fan so i i've played several of these types of smaller indie horror games first person they're almost kind of like walking simulators but with jump scares put into them um they're kind of a, a genre that i enjoy playing because I, I like kind of playing spookier games um this one unfortunately doesn't do much for me uh because basically you're in this uh mansion it's uh kind of like a older um it was after in in the lore it said that it was built after the king dynasty um and it's kind of an older asian mansion and you basically woke up in it after a car accident uh your character suffers from a lot of mental illness so you kind of have that question of like okay is he in this house really is this a dream is this an illusion or is this actually happening um but anyways there's ghosts in this house that kind of they're the paper dolls and they terrorize you um you kind of learn in playing the game as you pick up documents that these 
ghosts that are in the house uh, used to kind of be work, work at the house as servants or maids and that kind of thing. Um, and so unfortunately, it, uh, there's a couple big flaws with it. The first thing that um, is really inexcusable is that the game has basically no like beginning, middle, end story. It's really disjointed. doesn't make any sense. Um, it's just like they put a bunch of concepts and had an over a uh, kind of general idea of what this game could be about, but it was just like, oh, let's just focus on making a scary game with jump scares and that kind of stuff, which is really unfortunate. So. Uh, there is that, and then the sound design, I, I said in my review, it sounds a little harsh, but it, it, they basically went to a royalty-free site and picked sound clips and sound bites and <laughs> added those into the game. So every door you open has the same creak. Uh, my footsteps of my player has the sounds the same as enemies. So when I hear a footstep, I, I'm like, was that me walking or was that an enemy? But I guess from a different perspective, I could look at that as... You know, that that old horror trope of, did you hear that noise? Was that actually a noise coming from me or was it somebody else? So there, there are things that are going for it in terms of uh, it being a horror game. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I gave it 4.5 out of 10. So a bad score for sure. Um, but I did want to talk about it just because uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about like my experience reviewing something bad. Because uh, that's the first time I actually had to formally review a game that I really didn't enjoy while playing it. Um, you know, when we buy games or have games, um, and we're, we're playing them at our own will, we kind of, you know, if we don't like it, we can just put it down and play something else. But when, with a review, you have that obligation, you've been supplied a code and you need to, you know, it's, it's, it's work. And so it, it was tough. It was really tough for me. I've never experienced that before. I've been fortunate enough that reviews that I've had to do in the past have been games that I've really enjoyed. So it's, it's way easier to talk about things you like than uh, things you don't like because you obviously have that negative perspective towards them. So I just wanted to kind of share that with you guys, um, that story, because it's, uh, yeah, it's video game it, reviewing uh, now that I've kind of immersed myself in it a little bit is a lot tougher than I kind of, I thought it was going to be right I thought it'd be like, oh great I can kind of play this game and talk about all the things about it but it's really hard coming up with thoughts on something and criticizing it um from you know that that kind of perspective so yeah uh yeah so let's move into question of the week um last week's question was do video games need to be fun and the reason why I asked this question is because I it's kind of a, a topic in the industry of, you know, we have big games like uh, this kind of kind of conversation was going around when Red Dead Redemption Two released of like, is the, this game a lot was really impressive um, uh, from a, a lot of different points, but it wasn't necessarily a fun experience. Uh, some people you know complain that I don't want to play this game because you know there's a lot of places where it kind of lulls and such. Um, so basically I wanted to ask, do, do video games need to be fun? And so I'll turn it over to you. Actually, yeah, I'm going to read a response. I actually did get a response this week. Um, that's one more than last week. And I'll read that response and then Adam, I'll ask you for your answer. So uh, Coleman Dean wrote in to answer this week's question. Of course, you can do that as well. The questions are posted on Facebook games are fun or on Twitter at games are fun pod. Uh, so you can answer 
through that, or you can email your answers to gamesarefunpodcasts at gmail.com. So Coleman writes in and says that it depends what you want from the game. Games like Euro Truck Simulator or Farming Simulators may be useful as a mundane task to get your mind off things. So I thought that was a really good perspective that, you know, video games, I think they're the purpose from is to kind of entertain people, obviously, but there's a lot of people that use video games in other ways of, of ways of de-stressing or, or something to do um, that isn't just watching a, a movie or a TV show and stuff like that. Um, so, Adam, what do you think? What Do you think video games need to be fun? For me, uh, yes. In general, no. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, I mean, there's <clears throat> you, you hear a lot of... Yeah, people saying that uh, video games are just another form of art, which I totally agree with. Uh, there are very, uh, quite a few games out there that, that are very heavily focused on the art of the game and maybe have some like uh, just basic mechanics to it. Think like Journey, for instance. A lot right. of people regard that as just a work of art. I personally didn't find the game very fun. Um, I thought it was kind of boring. You're just kind of walking through a desert and then snow for a little bit. And... Um, but I do get the argument that it's that it's art. So mm-hmm. and yeah. I get that a lot of people really enjoyed that that game. Not maybe not necessarily for the gameplay, but maybe more just the experience and kind of the nonverbal storytelling that it had. Um, so that might be a bad example for some because again, I know there's a lot of people that like that game. But um, I, I mean, I, I I don't think that it necessarily needs to be. Um, needs to be fun and it's it has a lot to do with the direction that the developer wants to take because again it's it's them creating their form of art yeah and that's you know could come out and reach a lot of people and speak to a lot of people or it might come out and not really speak to a lot of people but um that doesn't make it any less of a form of art you Mm -hmm. know what i mean yeah for sure um so i i don't think it has to be fun i'm sure it helps if it is, um, but maybe not a requirement. Yeah. I think that's a good perspective to have is like, for me personally, like you said, they don't need to be fun or sorry, they need to be fun. Uh, I, that's how I want to play games that I have fun with, but in the the general broad sense, no, they don't need to. And for me, I'm kind of no for both. Um, basically it just matters. It comes down to, um, if that what that game is and how it speaks to me and stuff like that uh there there's definitely times where i do want to have that fun experience um but yeah i guess i I guess i am kind of a similar answer to you there there is times that i do want to have fun um i want to drop in and just play something like what the golf or you know that kind of style of game where it's all, I'm just there to have a, a good time. But then there's also times where I'm wanting that experience of playing something that is, a, like you said, a piece of art that has a story to tell. And maybe it's not a fun, happy-go-lucky story or something that brings me joy, but maybe brings me perspective on a certain topic or something like that. There's several games out there that, you know, I'm a big... A lot of people don't like, uh, quote-unquote, like walking simulator-type games mm-hmm. because... They're very boring in terms of gameplay loop. You just walk around and hear dialogue and read things and pick up pieces. And, you know, generally those types of games don't even have puzzle elements to it. You're just kind of experiencing a story. 
And for me, I, I actually like those games. Um, do I want to play them all the time? Definitely not. But there is certain t- times where I'm kind of in a mood for just, you know, I want something more than just watching a movie or a TV show. I want something a little more interactive, but something that tells a story um, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, yeah, like I I would say more than the average gamer, I'm definitely more into those games uh, and have a craving for them. Um, but they're not all that I want to play. I do really crave those experiences that bring me joy and entertainment. So, yeah, the, and, I want and go ahead. I was just going to say, and, uh, you know, just kind of going back to what I was saying about just it being just a pure like art piece and, and with journey that, that one game of the year, that the, the year that game mm-hmm. came out. And right. Again, I didn't think it was a lot of fun to play, but I get the kind of emotional ride that it takes you on through, exactly, through yeah. the nonverbal thing. And so I, I still see, you know, how it can still be a great game without necessarily being fun. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. There's so many games that I could bring up that uh, I didn't necessarily, it it almost felt as like work trying to get through them to do the gameplay aspects of them, but the story kind of overrode everything and I, it was kind of like The Last of Us in that kind of um, perspective, I guess, of just like, I don't really care too much of like the gameplay part of it, I just want to know what's happening with these characters and the story and um yeah sometimes there's certain games like that that just grab you that um are so impactful and you look back and you're like well i really didn't do too much i was just kind of on this (laughs) witnessing this kind of story as it was progressing um Mm -hmm. and so yeah that's okay sometimes i i think that their video games you know i think some people have video games and the idea of what video games should be as you know one thing but it's pretty broad i would say yeah. And I mean, another perfect example is think like um, very story driven games like uh, Life is Strange or the Telltale right, yeah. games. Absolutely. You don't really do a whole lot in those no. games like you every now and then you you make a decision that impacts, you know, a later episode or mm-hmm. something. But, um, you know, that's not necessarily fun, but it is intriguing. And, and, yeah. And it's, and it's story driven. And it's again, it kind of goes back to it being a form of art. And um, and how that art engages with the uh, you know the person playing it. So absolutely, because I I loved Life is Strange. I thought Me that too. was I enjoyed my time with that, but I didn't think it was necessarily fun. Mm-hmm. But it was it was a great story being told. I liked that my decisions made a difference um, in what happened throughout the even if it's not like huge differences and you know up until like the very end, then it's pretty decent. But um, but yeah, I mean that just you know goes to show that there's there's different styles of games, and not everyone has to be fun. To exactly. Be good. Yeah, you don't every movie. Well, I'm sure there's some people that only watch specific movies, but like there's several movies or TV shows out there that you're not necessarily having a fun time watching it, especially mm-hmm. if it's maybe the subject matter on it is something really dark or graphic, right? You're not like having a good time watching people go right. through despair or something like that. But, um, you know, you're, you're interested in everything surrounding that, if that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to to hear your thoughts on it. Um, because yeah, it's interesting. Some people think it's very black and white, but I think it's much more, you know, shades of gray kind of thing. So, uh, this week's question for you guys is, 
what is the best co-op game you have ever played? So there's several games out there I'm interested. I hope hopefully we can get more. Uh, I appreciate Coleman you writing in. Um, but let's let's get some more more submissions in there. If uh, you want to submit your own answer, like I said, you can head over to our Facebook page or Twitter. Those links for those social sites are in the show description. So it's really easy for you guys. And generally a day or two after the show airs, give some people to kind of think about it. And um, I post the questions over on there. And so you can just answer in there. And I guarantee because of the amount of submissions, your answer will be read on the show, uh, even if it's just a one word answer. So uh, yeah, what's your best co-op game? Let us know. You can also email us at gamesarefunpodcast at gmail.com. Adam, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Games Are Fun. Uh, where can people keep up with you? Uh, catch me on Twitter at AdamPalooza85. I've been trying a little bit harder <laughs> to, to keep some content sure, going yeah. on there since I've been, I I don't use it a ton, Yeah. Uh, but I've been trying to put stuff on there. Just kind of put an impression of uh, what the golf on there um, a couple of days ago. And then even non-gaming stuff, I, uh, I made some wings. I know those um, looked delicious, man. Dude, they were so good. <laughs> they were so good. Um, yeah, I put, I, you know, put some pictures of some wings that I made up on there. So I want to try and engage in that a little bit more. So yeah. Um, of course, if, you know, anyone wants to shoot me a tweet or something, I'd be happy to, uh, you know, answer any questions or just, you know, engage in, you know, any gaming or non-gaming related dialogue. So great. That's awesome to hear. Uh, I, you can follow me at Luke Allen arm. I'm in the same boat. I, I'm so bad since doing this show. This is probably, probably the most in my life. I put, I post to social media. Like if you go to my Facebook, I rarely post anything personal on there. Uh, my Instagram, my personal Instagram, I'll post a picture there maybe every four or five months or something like that. And same with Twitter. Um, I'm usually just hitting retweets or liking tweets. I'm not usually coming up with stuff of my own. So I'm trying to to get better at that. Um, one of the things is uh, that I want to do with our Twitter page at Games Are Fun Pod is posting more stuff to interact with. Um, I've done polls and stuff like that previously on like Facebook and stuff. I hope to kind of continue to do that because it's just an easy way to kind of interact with you guys. Um, so yeah, make sure you follow us over there to kind of keep, keep up with us and know what's going on with the show. Um, yeah. And I guess we'll end it off there. Uh, as a reminder, games are fun is available every week. You can catch the podcast and all the major podcast service. If you enjoyed today's show, make sure you subscribe. Uh, maybe share this podcast with someone you know who who likes podcasts or may, uh, who likes video games. Um, share it with them. And yeah, we will talk to you guys uh, next week. See you later. See ya. <laughs>